This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oh, yeah. It is going to be covered by the Saints for a touchdown. It's your inside pass to everything Saints football. And the kick is good. We'll take you to places most fans never go. We'll watch from 60. To practice, to the sideline, to the locker room. Following every twist, turn, and touchdown of the Saints season. That is going to be a touchdown. Taysom Hill. Taysom TD. Welcome to Inside Black and Gold. And that is going to be a touchdown again. And guess who? Mike Thomas. Now, here are your hosts, Steve Geller and Jeff Nowak. Oh, baby. OTA. More like no TA. <laughs> this is Inside Black and Gold. We went out to the second official organized team activities for the Saints today. We are going to talk about it. We are live right now on Facebook and YouTube. I'm Jeff Nowak. You can give me a follow at Jeff underscore Nowak. If you haven't subscribed to Inside Black and Gold, wherever you get your podcasts, please do that. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. If you haven't subscribed on YouTube, WWL Sports, please do that. And obviously check out WWL.com for the latest Saints coverage. I have a full observations post from today up online. If you'd like to go there now so you can follow along, feel free because that's a lot of what we are going to go through on this here podcast. We're also going to do a live mailbag in the final segment. First, there was lightning. (laughs) So what happens is the Saints go out to practice. We have a certain amount of time for the media that we can watch. This is a little different at OTAs than it is during the full training camp when we are there for the entire thing. So when there is a lightning warning, it's kind of like a golf course where you hear the horn and they all go inside. And so the clips that I'm going to play on YouTube are a lot more condensed than they would normally be because when you go inside, they do not allow you to record on your cell phone. TV cameras can record in there. It's really stupid, but whatever. (laughs) So I don't carry a TV camera around with me. So I'm kind of SOL when they go inside in terms of recording, but I do have better notes than I would normally have. So we can kind of split the difference there. And we're going to get into it. We're going to go through attendance. First off, we're going to get through some observations. And then in the second segment, we're going to get into, you know, what did Dennis Allen have to say? We talked to him about the whole John Gruden thing. So we can get into that because I think that is a, a lot of a do over something that, you know, if you didn't know about it, you wouldn't know that you didn't know about it, right? It's, It's not something that we ever talk about. The Saints bringing in coaches to, you know, learn from. But, hey, you know, we can get into it. And then in the final segment, obviously, it's going to be that mailbag. But first things first, let's get into it. 
as I mentioned, we take attendance at these events, right? And these are organized team activities. They are voluntary. So someone not being in attendance is not the end of the world. In fact, and this is something that DA said today, you know, there's a lot of offensive linemen out right now. He doesn't necessarily view that as a problem. He views that as, okay, the young players now get a chance for some reps that they might not otherwise have gotten. So you look at it and you say, okay, is this really an issue in terms of them not being here? And in a vast majority of cases, it is not an issue. There is one case that I think we need to watch closely, and we'll get into that. But first, I'm going to tell you the players that have missed both OTA sessions. You had a couple players returning today that were not there the first time around. That's linebacker Demario Davis, safety JT Gray, both team leaders. You figured they were going to be there for at least one of these sessions, and they are. But there are several players who were at the first session who were not there today. So the players who have missed both, let's go through those first. Tight end Taysom Hill, wide receiver Michael Thomas, cornerback Marshawn Lattimore, offensive lineman rookie Nick Saldaveri dealing with a calf injury, right tackle Ryan Ramchick, whatever you want to call him, James Hurst, backup guard, maybe left tackle, I don't know. And then Andres Pete is the other player who was absent for both. Now, these players were only absent for today. That includes... Defensive tackle Nathan Shepard, kind of interesting when you see a new player not there. Cornerback Bradley Roby, wide receiver Traquan Smith, cornerback slash safety Lonnie Johnson Jr., safety Tyron Matthew, and wide receiver James Washington. So that's 15 absences. That is up from 10 in the first week. Again, I don't think it's worth making a huge deal out of these things. When we talked to Dennis Allen after the first session, he said that he had heard from everybody players who were not there and he's aware of what whether they were going to be there or not there were no surprises the one name on this list that is kind of concerning is Nick Saldaveri and it's more concerning when you consider that he was at the facility today and we saw him walking around the locker room so he's in meetings which I guess is a good thing but you know there are several players Trevor Penning Cesar Ruiz Eno Benjamin Miller Forrestal the tight end and running back Kendry Miller they're dealing with injuries. They are out there on the field. I'm not sure what is keeping Nick Saldaveri off the field in terms of just watching, uh, being out there. But hey, you know, I don't know. Either way, he didn't seem like he was walking with a limp or anything. He wasn't. It didn't. He didn't seem to have any clear issues with that calf. So hopefully, it's not anything significant. We can see him out there before too long. Either way, he's really the only player that we're looking at. Like, okay, when are you going to get out in the field? Kendry Miller is still kind of working his way back. I don't know what Eno Benjamin is dealing with. It's kind of strange. But generally speaking, you're just looking at these and you're saying, okay, which young players can make an impact? And that's where you're looking at. The two that I think have stood out above all others, and it's a good thing because this is what you were expecting and it's what's happening, is Rashid Shahid and Chris Olave look like seasoned veterans coming back into year two. Last year, we just didn't know what to expect with either of them. This time last year, we didn't even know what Rashid Shahid would look like as a wide receiver. He was rehabbing from a knee injury. He suffered in his final game at Weber State. Obviously, he did what he did. And now he goes into this season kind of looking at, okay, I'm going to have a significant role. I talked to him in the locker room today, and he's fully expected to go in as the return ace, right? Like he's anticipating being the primary returner, which is kind of obvious, but at the same time, yeah, like that's a significant difference from this time last year where Deontay Hardy was the obvious choice to return. 
and Marquez Callaway was his backup. You didn't know, okay, how is Rashid Tate even going to get on the roster when you have your returner and your backup pretty set? Well, those two guys are gone, and now it's Rashid's job to lose, and he is ready to take it. The other guy, Malik Flowers, is interesting. When I talked to Rashid today, he kind of mentioned like they had a back and forth in college because Rashid at Weber State set the NCAA record for returns. He had seven return touchdowns. Malik Flowers at Montana, they play each other, tied that record last year. And he kind of said they had kind of an adversarial relationship in college. They're cool. It's fun. Um, but that, that's kind of an interesting subplot. Both Chris Olave and Rashid Shahid were very busy in drills. Derek Carr went four for six in seven on sevens. Completion to Rashid Shahid, completions to Chris Olave, and a completion to Lucas Kroll. Now, when we go inside, it does limit our ability to see everything. And we didn't get to see the the only real set of 11 on 11 drills, which is frustrating. And I know Bobby Hebert was a little annoyed by this. As you go all the way out there, it's like you could at least see the team drills. Either way, that's not here or there. We just saw, I saw two reps of Derek Carr. He completed one of those passes to Brian Edwards, the new wide receiver, who he obviously played with with the Raiders, and Rashid Shahid again. You know, so that connection is forming, and that's a good thing. And Derek Carr's connection in general is forming. Jameis also went two for four in seven-on-sevens. Hayner went one for two. Again, we didn't see their reps in the team drills for, you know, I'm not going to get into the, the weeds of how these things go, but we were not there to see them. So I don't know how they went. Either way, it's been a reasonably tight set of practices. I know DA said today that, you know, there's too many balls on the ground. This looks like a team that hasn't practiced in four days. And sure, it's the second set of OTAs. There are things that are going to go wrong. Um, but I think they've been they've been limited for the most part. Like, I don't think you've been seeing this team constantly making mistakes, making errors. There aren't that many instances where you can make errors in OTAs, or at least not obvious ones. You're doing mostly position drills, you know, just get better at stuff. Like, that's what you're looking to do. Mistakes aren't a problem until they are repetitive. So one guy making a drop is not an issue until he does the same thing again and again and again, right? Like, you learn from those mistakes, and that's the whole point here. I know I posted one one clip on uh, uh, as a short on YouTube yesterday, and it, the ball comes in behind Rashid Shahid, and he catches it, and he turns up field. And I think it's a pretty good Rashid clip because it shows his hands. And like someone commented like, Wow, what a bad throw from the quarterback. He's supposed to be getting better. And it's like, yeah, he is. This is the first day of on-field drills for these players. He's learning what this guy's speed is like. He's learning how he gets in and out of breaks. So, yeah, some of these throws are going to be a little behind guys right now. And ideally, by the time you get to the season, they won't be. So I do caution people to not overreact to what they're seeing on these kind of highlight reels, which are anything but a highlight reel. It's basically just what we're able to record or what I'm able to record and play back for you. I've been trying to get clips of each position group as we've gone. Obviously, there's only been two practices. That's why you know I was able to get some of the DBs today. You know, I would have tried to get more, but lightning and all that. But yeah. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So one other 
guy that I think stood out today, which again, it was a very limited day. You didn't see a ton. You're not going to see a lot of trench work, right? You're not going to see a lot of defensive linemen, you know, butting heads with offensive linemen, right? They just don't do that at OTAs, really. It's all kind of at half speed. But you do get to see some battles between DBs and wide receivers. And I thought Troy Pride Jr. made an impression today. He picked off Derek Carr on the final rep of the seven-on-seven drills, and he also had a pass breakup on a deep shot intended for Keith Kirkwood. I don't know why it was intended for Keith Kirkwood, but it was. And so he had a good day, right? And that's when you're a guy like Troy Pry Jr., (laughs) all you're hoping to do is find a way to make an impression so that when training camp rolls around and they're trying to figure out those last few roster spots or even the practice squad, you're a guy that, that the coaches are thinking about. And you're a guy that coaches have a good impression about. And that's kind of where you go. Um, Malik Flowers, like we talked about, return ace. I saw one comment that was basically saying he is just like Rashid Shaheed. And I cannot stress enough, that is not true. These are both return aces, but that there's a lot of different ways to be a return ace, right? Like Devin Hester and Cordero Patterson are not the same, but they are both very, very good returners. Or they, they were, they are, whatever you want to say. Rashid Shahid and Malik Flowers are both elite return guys, but they do it very differently. When you watch them move around, they're very different athletes. Rashid is very smooth. He gets in and out of his breaks really cleanly. He he can turn his hips. He can get upfield. He can track the ball. He's very good at that part of the game. Malik is, I would say, closer to maybe like a Debo Samuel type like athlete or like closer to a running back than maybe a wide receiver, right? Like he's a guy you might want to get the ball to on jet sweeps. Because I think in the open field with, with a head of steam, he can run through everybody But because he is more of a power runner. And so he can outrun people and get downfield. I'm just not sure he's as polished as a wide receiver as Rashid was coming in. And we saw that today. He, he got wide open over the top. Jameis Winston hit him on a deep ball. He hauls it in, and then he drops it, which is not a great impression to make for Malik Flowers there. But, you know, I think... Again, this is where you're, you're, you're getting better. I think it would have been a catch and a fumble in a game. And, you know, we saw that from Chris Olave last year. Like, that's not entirely new in terms of, okay, <laughs> you can make the catch, but your, your point of contact is just not strong enough. You're getting it knocked out. You're not possessing it to the ground. Those are stuff you have to, you have to fix year one to year two. I'm still not sure where Chris Olave is on that, on that line, but I do think that he, is looking just very workman-like, very business-like, um, which is what you want to see in year two. He does not seem overwhelmed at all, and that's a good thing. A.T. Perry, like we talked about last week, I still think he's kind of finding his groove. I don't know exactly what it'll look like when he does, but so it's just not... It, things aren't clicking between him, Derek Carr, the quarterbacks in general. Right now, I think there's timing issues. The ball is constantly getting thrown behind him. They might not kind of be able to anticipate when he's coming out of his break something's not adding up there it's only the second week of practice it's only the fourth total practice so it's not the end of the world there's a lot of time to improve on this but it is something to watch because when you look at these you know sixth round picks who are not guaranteed to make the roster right you got to kind of earn that spot you know and I think Jordan Howden who we talked to today has actually impressed me over the first few practices and so on my initial roster projection, I had A.T. Perry coming in and making that, and I actually had Jordan Howden as a cut. At this point, I might I might flip that. I'm not going to redo my roster projections until after minicamp, 
which is in a couple more weeks. I think that's fair to kind of wait it out and get a few more looks at these guys. But right now, A.T. Perry has probably, outside of maybe the two <laughs> rookies that have not got on the, on the field, struggled as much as, as anybody out there. One more note before we hit a break and come back with some audio. Brian Brzee, the athlete. Again, we haven't gotten a ton of chances to watch Brian Brzee move around, but in the in the small sampling that we have, he doesn't look like a defensive tackle moving around. He looks like just an athlete. And the reason I bring this up is I was watching him during, during stretches and he did, you know, it's called like a kick up where you kind of roll back and you just leap up onto your feet and you're standing. And I was thinking to myself, how many 300 pound dudes can pull off that maneuver <laughs> without falling flat on their face, right? You know, this is a defensive tackle. And then I was thinking, well, actually, Colin Saunders probably could because Colin Saunders can do back handsprings at 300 pounds. So, you know, you look at this team, and I wouldn't say they had a particularly athletic defensive line last year, and it was one of the struggle points that I thought they had. And now you you have athletes <laughs> at every position. Even Isaiah Foskey is coming in. He's probably the best athlete at the defensive end position that they've had in a long time. And so... You know, I think that that's going to be a really fascinating group to watch. I just can't give you a ton of information right now because until we put pads on and start hitting for real, it's just it's just hard to, to make too much of a determination there. But all right, that was kind of the quick observations from OTAs. We're going to come back. We're going to hear from Dennis Allen. And we're obviously going to have that mailbag in the final segment. This is Inside Black and Gold. If you haven't subscribed yet, please do that. I'm Jeff Nowak. You can follow me on Twitter at Jeff underscore Nowak. That's N-O-W-A. Okay, stick around.